Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, yet before I introduce him, I do want to point out that this individual is the first two-timer on Be Brave at Work. Now, we have had podcasts where we have had guests on multiple podcasts, two-part or three-part, so it was a longer conversation that got cut into two to three podcast conversations because, of course, we only want to broadcast for about 18 to 20 minutes. This is the first individual whom we have welcomed back a second time. So I'm really thrilled to talk with and have you speak again with Bruce Tolgan, who is the founder and CEO of Rainmaker Thinking and is internationally recognized as the leading expert on young people in the workplace. And that's an area that we're specifically going to be talking about today, young people in the workplace and the role that bravery needs to play in their leadership development. Bruce has written 21 books, many of them best-selling, including It's Okay to Be the Boss, Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials, The 27 Challenges Managers Face, Bridging the Soft Skills Gap, and his new, recently recent and hot off the press book, The Art of Being Indispensable at Work. I can't imagine, Bruce, that you can remember the titles of all 21 of your books. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for the kind introduction. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. I never thought of myself as a two-timer, but uh, <laughs> here I am. And uh, uh, can I remember the title of every single book right off the top of my head? I bet I could do it. <laughs> okay. Well, we won't have time for that today, but you know, maybe at some point offhand, you'll have to. Uh, I'll have to quiz you on that. So, well, welcome back. It's really thrilled to have you. Your last podcast broadcast uh, was a while ago in November. uh, And so a few months have gone by since then. Again, it's fantastic to speak with you. You have 25 to 30 years of deep experience in leadership management and specifically work on young people in the workplace. So before I get there, and before we start talking about that, just give folks an update on what you currently do in the workplace and how you currently connect with the marketplace. Yeah, what we're doing is uh, what we've been doing for 27 years, which is uh, research on the front lines of the workplace. We do in-depth interviews and focus groups. We do a lot of talent assessment and organizational assessment for our clients. And um, uh, when we have data that seems to point toward clear findings, I write a book. 
so that's uh, that's where all those <laughs> books come from. Uh, and um, uh, uh, and what we do is we turn those uh, books into seminars and training programs and consulting platforms. And uh, we do a lot of video training programs. And uh, in the pandemic, uh, we've been doing everything remotely. So uh, uh, we put a production studio into our office. And, uh, you know, instead of traveling all over the world, uh, uh, I come here and uh, beam myself all over the world from this studio. Well, this is really leadership in action, this pandemic, because it required leaders to instantly navigate things that nobody anticipated and nobody expected, which is not only the length of time we've had to make changes, but also the depth in ways that it has impacted our culture, economy, et cetera. And, you know, this has really required leaders to think in the moment, right, about, hey, how are we going to do this differently now, not six months from now or a year from now, but how do we need to do that now? Are you finding leaders are you know operating in those ways and thinking more in the moment? Well, certainly, you know, in February, March, April, uh, in what I would call stage one of this crisis, um, people were trying to figure out well, what's going to happen and what what do we need to do. Um, my clients began canceling their in person conferences. And, um, you know, I think at first everyone was trying to figure out, well, what do we do? How do we go remote? I think in stage two, people started to think, huh, maybe it doesn't matter where we were. Um, I think now people are starting to realize, oh, it does matter. And um, how long is this going to last? And something's really missing. And uh, on the other hand, a lot of people are just sort of defaulting to what they were doing before only remotely. And so I think this is a huge opportunity for transformational change. And I think the, the bravest leaders uh, are, are doing that. You know, they're, they're saying, okay, let's use this as an opportunity uh, to accelerate some of the changes that were already underway. Well, I hope folks go back and listen to our first conversation because, again, you shared many pearls of wisdom on leadership and bravery in the workplace. Today, I wanted to speak a little bit about young people in the workplace and something you and I both have in common, although we didn't talk about, talk about it, is that you and I both were younger and we both entered the workplace as younger people. And I can testify, and I'm sure you can, at no time in my high school education, in my college education, and any subsequent teaching that I uh, participated in at work as a new leader in the organization, did anyone ever educate me, mentor me, train me, teach me on how to be brave or how to demonstrate bravery greater than it might be? I might have been a highly brave person, and so it didn't require any education, and I might have been a person highly avoidant of risk and never ever doing anything that had me kind of put myself out there. And you know, I'd love to hear you know your reflections on your entry into a workplace as a young leader. Did you have any experiences or training on how to be braver? And you know, what was that experience like? Well, look, everyone starts out young, and God willing, gets older, <laughs> right? Uh, right. And uh, so. Um, you know, when I was young, so when I was 16, uh, I went to Washington, D.C. and spent my junior year uh, working in the House of Representatives as, as a page. Um, and uh, so that I was homesick. 
Um, I was working a hundred hours a week. I was 16, you know, um, I was surrounded by Congress people and, uh, you know, it, 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 it was scary on the way down. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, so there was a little bit of early exposure. Um, and <clears throat> so then, you know, um, that, I think that was a conditioning experience. Also, since I was seven years old, um, I've been practicing karate and, uh, I've done that, uh, all along. Uh, so now I'm 53. So I've been practicing karate for a long time. You know? <laughs> and, um, so, so there's a certain kind of bravery about learning to get hit, you know, and, uh, look, I think some young people are brave because they don't know better. Uh, one of the things about being young is everything's new. <laughs> uh, some young people, they're especially scared because everything's new, everything's unknown. Um, and so it takes a little seasoning, I think, to realize maybe there are things to be afraid of, that uh, it's dangerous out there. Uh, so my own experience, you know, I, I lived in New York City uh, for five years after college. College was like, um, you know, not something that presented me with much fear. <laughs> it was you know, uh, just uh, a very nurturing experience uh, uh, at uh, Amherst College. It was like going to a uh, uh, country club with great books and great professors and smart kids, you know. And uh, although my junior year, I went to Dublin. And again, I was homesick. Uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, I was I was had a lot of trepidation about being in a foreign country. Um, in a way I was fooled because everyone spoke English. And, uh, so I didn't realize how, how, how much I was in a different culture. Uh, after college, I went to New York city and, and, and there's plenty to be scared of there. But, uh, so, you know, that, that's my own experience. When I went to a law firm after law school, uh, in New York city, it was at number two wall street, um, that I was, I was nervous. So every new experience, uh, for me, you know, I have to test the water. I put my foot in a little bit and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. Uh, that's been my experience. Well, and during that journey, Bruce, did anyone ever teach you or train you on how to be brave? You know, my karate teacher taught me how to take a punch and uh, <laughs> that was helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's helpful. And my parents said, you know, don't be homesick. Just deal with it. Uh and, uh, uh, you know, I have older siblings, but I, I don't know that anyone ever taught me to be brave, um, you know, over the years. So uh, the way I got out of the law firm was by writing my first book, which was Managing Generation X. And I interviewed 100 young people and asked them about their experiences in the workplace. That's how I got started doing this. And uh, that came out in my first book, Managing Generation X. And uh, that was back in the nineties when generation X, when we were young, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so I interviewed people about their experiences in the workplace. And, um, you know, in retrospect, there were lots of lessons about fear and bravery. Uh, and, and then throughout the years, uh, we've been doing this research on the front lines and we've been tracking generational change in the workplace. And one of the ways we do that is to keep our finger on the pulse of young people. I will tell you one place to find very brave young people is in the United States Armed Forces. Um, and they've been our number one client uh, since 1995. 
So I've met a lot of young soldiers and Marines and airmen and sailors. I'll tell you what, they teach those young people to be brave. And uh, uh, it, there's nothing brave about not being scared. What's, what, what, what requires bravery is being scared and doing it anyway. Well, and I think that's an interesting comparison, although I think it is a little bit of apples and oranges. You know, when you think about the military, and I'm, I'm not former military, so I'm speculating based on what I've read and have seen in movies, but you actually do things and you're required to do things. Oftentimes it takes bravery, right? You have to do something that you've never done before. Uh, you have to do it multiple times. You have to do it again and again. If you don't do it well, you might get in trouble. You know, there's all these things that kind of build this bravery muscle. And if you don't do it well, you might get killed. <laughs> right. So, or your, and, or, your, or, your, or your buddies get killed. Right. And yet I don't think that exists at all in corporate organizations that there's no, hey, come on in. And what we want to do is show you how do you say to your boss something that they don't want to hear, but you figure out a way and it's not easy, but we figure out a way to do it and let's practice it. Or how do you speak up at a meeting that people are going down one route and you think they should go down a different route and you want to speak up, yet your body is freezing? Let's practice it and let's work on it. You know, I don't think that exists at all, uh, and maybe in some you know remote companies uh, across the globe. But you know, I don't think that exists at all. I you know, I don't know what I want my next question to be, Bruce. But I'm just wondering, you know, have you seen opportunities for bravery in the workplace? Uh, have you seen, uh, you know, is there a place for us to help people get better at saying what needs to be said and doing what needs to be done professionally? Yeah, I think it's it's rare that you see that kind of emphasis. So I mentioned the military partly because it's rare. Uh, and, and to your point, it's a very certain kind of bravery that's required there uh, of physical jeopardy and, um, um, you know, physically challenging missions and uh, but but there's a huge amount of psychological uh, imperative there as well and my view is that anything you're scared of uh, to do it requires bravery uh, but in the workplace you know there are examples so the GE audit program for example uh, they have a way of conditioning people over the course of several years uh, through fierce challenges career challenges you know, the investment banks will work you 100 hours a week for years at a time. I don't know if that counts uh, as uh, the kind of conditioning that makes people brave. It certainly hardens people. Uh, but, you know, I think to build the muscle, uh, the bravery muscle, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a, uh, it's a puzzle. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm mentioning examples of, so, you know, enterprise rent-a-cars is sort of an unlikely example. They have a, they have a, what they call their, you know, there's a 30 day test, there's a 60 day test, there's a 90 day test, there's a 180 day test, you know, they, they have this. So they, they take people out of uh, uh, college graduation and put them in the parking lot and have them wash cars. Um, you, you know, so it, it's not like organizations are not trying to find ways to harden people, to condition them, to toughen them up. Um, but the kind of bravery uh, that you're talking about, the kind of bravery to, to um, speak up, uh, it's a different kind of bravery. I mean, frankly, what a lot of our clients say about today's young people is they don't know when not to speak up. 
<laughs> well, that's a problem that I uh, haven't had much experience with. You know, most of the clients that I work with are people who don't say things that they need to say. And the way I describe it is they don't speak up at a meeting or they don't say something to a boss. It's very well deserved or appropriate to say, but they do talk about it at the water cooler. So they leave a meeting where things happen that were not appropriate or were taking us down the wrong path. They don't say anything. They don't agree. And yet at the water cooler, they're like, oh my God, Bruce, could you believe what happened at the meeting? That's so ridiculous. This is going to be a huge waste of time. I've, I'm too busy. And they like let it all out, right? It's like, well, you're not talking at the right place. That's not where you can affect change because now you're just venting to people who can't help you. What you need to do is go back to the person who is creating that work or that direction and figure out a way that you can politely and respectfully help them understand what people are experiencing. Well, I think that's exactly right. I also think often what happens is that people soft pedal their response at the wrong time, and then either they get into a downward spiral or uh, somebody loses their temper. Um, and so there's kind of an intermediate stage conflict that people avoid. And, and it's not the crucial or the fierce conversation necessarily. It's being candid in a polite, respectful way at the right time. It's saying difficult things without being angry, you know, because sometimes when people are angry or when they're really scared, uh, they will erupt. Um, and, 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 and I don't think that's what you're talking about when you talk about bravery. It's really the bravery to um, recognize the need uh, to engage in, uh, I would say it's a low level conflict to challenge something that's not right. Uh, and, and to press with candor on, on, on issues. Yeah. A former boss of mine used to say that emotion is a progress killer that as soon as you let go, and it's not that you can't never be emotional. There will be moments where as a leader, you need to be emotional in order to make a point or to refocus people, et cetera. But generally speaking, you know, emotion can disrupt progress. And any time that we are demonstrating bravery in the workplace, I always encourage people, and I think people have heard this on the podcast, to be respectful, that you have to have the other person believe that what you're sharing with them is in their best interest, that you're not uh, reprimanding them or putting them down, but you're trying to help them see something you know, in a different way in order to make great progress. So Bruce, if you were working with a company, I'm just curious, you know, as we're closing out our podcast, are there one or two things you think you could advise them or tell them that could help them heighten their awareness of or assistance or training of others as it pertains to bravery in the workplace? Yeah, well, specifically when it comes to new young employees, right? Uh, I think that uh, a lot of organizations, they spend so much time attracting talent, sell, 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 uh, that they don't do enough work in the selection process to tell them all the downsides of the job. So uh, try and scare them away, see who's left, right? <laughs> uh, and then when people come in the door, Get them on board and up to speed. Have a rigorous onboarding program. Think boot camp um, and, and try to start to build some of those muscles. And then uh, when you hand people off to a leader, manager, supervisor, you know, make sure managers understand uh, that they have to be highly engaged, that they have to engage in dialogue, that they have to engage people in 
uh, productive, structured dialogue. Um, and and uh, that way, uh, you have a lot of ordinary conversations and uh, maybe uh, you don't have to have as many fierce conversations, crucial conversations. Well, I love that metaphor. It reminds me of a movie. I can't remember where it was or what the concept was, but I think it was like Harvard Law School or something very elite where the professor said, take a minute and look around the room because 75% of the people you see will not be here by the time this program ends, right? So the world could be a very tough place. Bruce, thank you so much for your time today. It was great revisiting with you and hearing some of your thoughts and ideas as it pertains to really younger people in the workplace and things that they need to think about in order to continue to evolve and grow in their career. How can people get in touch with you if they want to hear more or even talk with you about your organization, Rainmaker Thinking? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. RainmakerThinking.com, that's where to find us. Okay, great. So it's on the internet. I mean, where else? (laughs) Well, great, Bruce. Thank you so much for your time today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, who you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. If you have something to say, yet are not saying it, you have something to do, yet are not doing it, now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.